Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the show. You are watching and or listening to the Belly Up Fantasy Live football show. Beside me is Chris Dauhauer. Uh, Justin will still be joining us tonight, but he's running a little bit late. He's traveling today, so uh, safe travels to Justin, of course. Is it true he's um, trying out for the Ravens? <laughs> trying to play running back? He, he very well might be. I, I like the odds. I, I really do. Um, yeah, so so let's we've got some things to, to cover before we go there. Uh, first, Chris, how's your day going? Pretty good. I can't believe two more days till the kickoff of the season. Football is here. Woo! Yeah, we're we're pretty much at like forty eight hours as of as of what I imagine is what an eight oh five kickoff or whatever. So like half an hour ago, yeah, uh, we we're right at <laughs> the two day mark for the NFL season. It's been a long off season. I'm super excited. To get started, um, yeah, we've got a, we've got a lot to cover today. Um, should be a, a relatively quick one, at least as opposed to last week, which we uh, definitely had a lot of fun going over uh, everything. <laughs> uh, but before we get into some of the transactions and injuries uh, that we we have to cover, we have to shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Your client's going away for ten years. Unless, unless we swap first round picks. Fantasy football draft season is upon us. It's time for you to put the PP back in the PPR league with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming just launched the new Performance Package 4.0. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers' front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com. 
for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. This will help you tame that Troy Palomalu in your pants. And good news for our international listeners. Their life-changing products are now available in Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. All with the 20% off and free international shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY today. You're listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, so let's pick right back up with that Ravens comment. Uh, Justice Hill um, is out for the season. We now have Le'Veon Bell on the practice squad, correct, for the for the Ravens. Yeah, it's an interesting little move. I mean, I don't know if it's really going to move the fantasy radar at all, but just a reminder of viewers, you know, this year they try to change a little bit how the practice squad is going to work where you can play up to two games and be called up for the active game. And if you come up for three games, you have to be signed for the rest of the season. But this gives teams a little bit of flexibility. That's why you see a lot of teams kind of sneak guys onto their practice squad right now. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how that situation develops already with uh, Tyson Williams getting kind of an unexpected spot there. Um, and then now with Justice Hill out, there's another uh, running back spot there. And I think it will likely be if anyone has fantasy value outside of Gus Edwards, it will be Williams. But it's definitely a situation um, to keep eyes on uh, in in Baltimore for sure. Um, We'll move on to the Atlanta Falcons, who added Wayne Gallman. Um, Another slightly interesting note, um, you know, you're adding a veteran to – uh, a backfield that's mostly young past Mike Davis. Uh, I don't think it really changes too much, at least immediately. Chris, uh, do you have any thoughts? I mean, I'm, I find it interesting. They definitely, you know, they cut Allison right after the right after they made the acquisition. So it's obvious Goldman's going to be the RB two for this team. So mm-hmm. just keep that in mind for our, you know, handcuff purposes. We right. like, we haven't seen Davis really last the entire season yet. We some kind of peter out towards the end of this last year, but we, you know, I don't think it necessarily affects him this quite yet, but I am kind of curious because Coleman was pretty decent last year. And to be Mm -hmm. honest, talent-wise, he's not much different than Davis. So it's going to be interesting to see this is something to kind of watch in the horizon. Is Mike Davis's, you know, king of getting all the carries in Atlanta going to be over soon? Yeah. Yeah, it very well could could start to shave off some carries. And if not, he is definitely the handcuff uh, down in Atlanta. Um, next note, Royce Freeman to the Panthers. Now, this is definitely a situation of, um, of someone who will not be fantasy relevant uh, unless there is an injury. But a lot of people were going out and getting Chuba Hubbard as a handcuff. Are there is are there picks now wasted? I mean, I, I think they could be. I, I, I'm one of the people who had a number one pick on one of my drafts, and I took Christian McCaffrey. I did not take a Chuba Hubbard as my handcuff, but I did look at him as on my watch list. And I got to add a second player to my watch list because I have concerns that it might not just be Hubbard. It could be Freeman. And to be honest, I think Hubbard will probably struggle in pass protection and struggle on passing situations. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a tandem back kind of take over if Christian McCaffrey were to get injured. Yeah. And obviously we hope that doesn't happen. Um, but you know, it's, it's just another player up to add to the watch list now um, with that having happened. Uh, Perriman to the bears. Uh, this is, a lot of these signings, you know, it's the week after um, after the final rosters kind of got uh, decided. So it's just a lot of movement of guys towards the bottom. 
Again, this is another one that I don't know um, will have at least early on incredible fantasy ramifications unless Chris. Um, oh, yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I mean, the, the only threat maybe you consider maybe Darnell Mooney. You know, he's been kind of mm-hmm. the talk of the town in Chicago right now in the offseason. But I think that he's pretty solidified. I think if Perryman brings anything, it's just an extra little bit of speed to the team, which can't hurt. Um, yeah. But you know, if anyone can be injured, is a guy that you could kind of see filling in that you know receiver two role for that team. So if anything would happen to Robinson or Mooney, is you think you have some guy to kind of keep your eye on. But right now, I think he has no value at all. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Latavius Murray was finally cut. Um, he kind of hung on a little bit longer than was potentially expected, but did end up getting the can. Um, that pretty much makes Tony Jones the RB2 in New Orleans. Yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting move. You know, um, Tony Jones has an opportunity to kind of make something himself fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. We saw Latavius Murray be able to get some carries with um, Kamara. We haven't seen Kamara ever get over 250 touches, or 250 rushes, I should say. So it will be interesting to see will Tony Jones get kind of a, a flex option or become a flex option maybe for some fantasy owners. Um, I know a lot of people who did draft Alvin Kamara also went up with Latavius Murray or took a flyer with Latavius Murray late in their drafts. And they're kind of probably scratching their head like, you know, I thought he made the team. What happened? Um, right. but I think this is a situation where you do see a guy getting paid less, a little more explosive, and probably could have some value, especially if something would happen to Kamara. But maybe it has standalone value. It's interesting to see what happens in New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. Uh Latavius Murray has had at times standalone value, um, even with Kamara healthy, just as that as that flex option or as someone that's you know higher up on your bench. Um, I, I definitely think Tony Jones should be picked up in most uh, deep leagues, especially uh, dynasty or really you know anything with deep league, uh, deep benches. <clears throat> and then finally, Duke Johnson uh, the, now has a home. He's in Jacksonville on the practice squad. Uh, I think this is another example of kind of what you're talking about of guys getting stashed on the practice squad who, who could end up on the roster and having a, a not too insignificant role. Yeah, I mean, we saw, you know, James Robinson obviously isn't Urban Meyer's favorite. He's, he's done everything he can to bring in competition in that backfield. He drafted ETM before the injury happened. He brought in Carlos Hyde. And Duke Johnson does have kind of a role possibly on his team where you see him kind of playing that ETN role. We heard all mm-hmm. offseason ETN was going to kind of be the pass catcher, somebody they wanted to kind of move around and flex. Duke Johnson can kind of do that. So will that kind of end the days of James Robinson's reign of being an RB1 as well? Because I think a lot of people got really excited once ETN went down. I thought this guy, hey, he's in, you know, locked and loaded RB1 like he was last year. Will that be the case, especially if a guy's a better pass catcher, I think, and more of a flexible option in his offense? Yeah, absolutely. That's something to keep an eye on. If he if he gets brought up to the active roster, it could absolutely um, spell an end to those the receptions that Robinson got, right? Because that wasn't necessarily his strength, but he was still getting them just as the de facto RB1, the bell cow RB1 last year. Um, if he loses those, he'll still be a pretty valuable guy, uh, especially in standard, but he may lose some PPR value uh, if, if Duke Johnson does get brought up and does get utilized. Um, so we are going to spend the majority of this show, the remaining of this show, uh, discussing matchups for the season, starting of course with Thursday night. But before we do that, we want to get in our second sponsor our second and final sponsor for the evening, which is my bookie. You like easy money. Thanks to my bookie and their lock of the season. 
If either team scores in the NFL season opener, you win. A game hasn't ended 0-0 since World War II. This is a sure bet. Head to mybookie.ag, select the lock of the season, and any team scores between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you win. The best bet is one you can't lose. MyBookie is also pay- playing host to several exclusive contests, including their $100,000 Super Contest, and it only costs $10 to enter. There's big money on the line this season, so don't wait to get in the game. Join now. Head to MyBookie.ag today and use our promo code BELLYUPFANTASY and instantly receive double your first deposit. That's double your funds two times to double your winnings. Again, that's promo code BELLYUPFANTASY to receive double your first deposit and get started with MyBookie today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. So on to that very same game that you can get a heck of a deal from my bookie on um, <laughs> the Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so what we're going to be doing for today's show is doing our belly ups and our belly flops. So our belly ups, of course, are our guys who we expect to play well or have high upside or outperform what we're generally going to be expecting of them on a week to week basis. And, Belly flops, of course, are the antithesis of that. They're going to be the guys who we think are going to have bad weeks, are going to be potentially guys that you are kind of the guys who you might start, might not, you might not want to start these guys. Um, Or just guys who are maybe capped or you're going to expect more from them on a week-to-week basis um, in other weeks. Um, Without further ado, of course, on to Dallas and Tampa Bay. Chris. Who do you think is going to light it up? I think that Tampa Bay offense is going to light it up. I'm pretty excited about their matchup with Dallas. I know Dallas has brought a new coaching staff, brought in Dan Quinn. Um, I don't think that's going to change anything. He sucked in Atlanta, so I think he's going to suck in Dallas too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tom Brady loves to see some, some cover three, cover two zone. So I think this is going to be a nice eating day for the receivers. I expect that you know all three of them have actually potential to eat. I think Mike Evans has got a, a plus side matchup. Godwin's a plus side matchup. Just watch that quad injury that kind of sprung up today. And then Antonio Brown, I think all three of these guys can be somebody you can have in your lineup. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think all of the the receiving threats um, on Tampa, excuse me, are uh, definitely have good matchups. One that I, I'm interested in your take on, would you say Fournette would be someone that you would want to have as a potential closer if the, if things get kind of out of hand early here? I actually think if I was going to play a Tampa Bay running back, and I don't necessarily advise that, I'd play <laughs> Ronald Jones. Um, I think Ronald Jones is, from what I understand, is going to get the first kind of crack at being the, the, the early down back. You know, Gio's kind of locked in in that third down back. So I think Fournette's kind of the in-between guy. I think he's probably going to be the one who's kind of maybe forgotten about a little bit. So I think if they were to get up big, I think Ronald Jones is the guy that you kind of want to have in your lineup this week. All right, all right. I like it. And then what about on the Dallas side? This is definitely going to be, at least on Tampa's side, a a highly explosive game. Uh, do you suspect the same on Dallas side? I know you know, Amari Cooper, Gallup, uh, and, of course, C.D. Lamb. They've got the receivers. Dak Prescott's a fantastic quarterback. Are we feeling the same way on the other side? I think that the receivers in Dallas, I think two of the three are plays. 
I don't necessarily think Michael Gallup's a great play this week just because I think that you're not going to see a lot of big plays against the Tampa Bay defense. Their defense is very solid. You know, they have good secondary. They have very good safety play. Um, you know, Whitehead is injured, but I think that overall you're, you're not you're looking at a team because of a lot of big plays. However, I do think C.D. Lamb and Cooper can have pretty nice days, especially C.D. Lamb, depending on who's kind of utilized more in the slot. Um, I think you saw Manning um, – I'm sorry, Sean Manning bunting last year kind of struggle – He's one of the nickel corners that teams pretty much picked on as much as they possibly could because he gave up one of the higher QBRs. So I think this is, you know, a, definitely a plus side for those two receivers. The guy who I'm not as big on is going to be Zeke. I think Zeke's got a little bit. He had a good chance, you know, maybe having an okay game if Zach Martin was healthy. But if Zach Martin's going to miss this game, he didn't think it Collins back. Zeke's going to probably struggle. You're just praying for a touchdown. Of course, you can't necessarily bench him because you probably took him in the first round. But he is a guy that I'm looking for as a big, you know, a big outburst from. Even though I expect a big back, a big bounce back year from Zeke. Yeah, I, I also predict a bounce back year for Zeke, but it's going to be one of those things where it may not start um, week one. Uh, yeah, I, and that's a tough matchup uh, without um, your your guy, your stud at guard, um, and going up against Vita Vey and some of the best linebackers in the league. That's not, not a matchup you want, especially in a game that. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think we've spelled it out pretty well. It's going to be a lot of passing. Um, moving on to the next matchup, and one that is on a completely different like planet. They're not even playing the same sport. Um, Jacksonville and Houston. Um, interested to see what you have to say here. Now, I-, I think someone, and I, I want to hear your take here, Someone who I, I don't know if there's any fantasy value here other than if you have this person in a in a best ball, um, you might actually see them uh, pop up for once. Um, I, I think uh, and the name's escaping the backup running back over in Jacksonville. Uh, Carlos Hyde? Yes, Hyde. Uh, Jacksonville, for potentially the only time this season, might be closing out a game running. And if James Robinson is as disliked as we think that he is. And it, if they're up, then they're going to have to use him all game long. Hyde might get carries of a significant amount for the potentially the only time of the season in this game, just because of how putrid Houston is. And uh, Urban loves Carlos Hyde. Uh, obviously, the Ohio State connection. And, you know, that's the whole reason he got brought in. And I don't know. I, I think if you are ever – going to get any value out of him it would be this week and it like i said there's no reason for him to be rostered in any standard redraft but if you're a very desperate dynasty manager or someone that has him in best ball don't be shocked if he shows up bet fred has come all the way from england to the great state of iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience fred is known in the uk for three things customer service bonuses and delivering the best overall experience to players need more Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things. Customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. 
Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, or maybe even like a thick of flyer to DFS play. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that Carlos Hyde is definitely an interesting name. I'm curious to see how this game unfolds in general. I think this game can go one of two ways. It could be a shootout or it can be super, super ugly. I really don't know because both defenses are pathetic and horrible, but neither offense is really anything to write home about. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this kind of unfolds. I don't argue. I think you're going to see a lot of opportunity to try to run the ball. I think both teams are going to try to establish the run. Um, I think that Carlos Hyde does have some, you know, possible flex option play this year. or So this week is probably the most he will have all year is when they play Houston. Um, mm-hmm. So like you said, if you have him or you want to take a shot, that might be a guy to kind of consider. I think overall, I'm not really excited about either teams, you know, on offense. I do think this is a pretty good matchup for Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, Jeff Jacksonville did bring in Griffin, but he's not really a shadowing guy. They're going to talk about playing Cooks more in a slot, moving him around. He's pretty much the only option on the passing game for Houston, so expect him, you know, kind of be involved. And on the other side, we're going to be interesting to see how kind of, you know, it's the, the three receivers are fed in a sense. You have Marvin Jones out there. You have DJ Sharp returning from injury, who's supposed to be the receiver one. And you have Lisca Chenault, who's kind of playing that hybrid, you know, slot receiver role. So I like Chenault the best. I think he has it the most most upside because we've seen Jacksonville's offensive line kind of struggle. We're kind of curious to see his Houston linebackers can they tackle? Are they going to have opportunity to kind of, you know, is Jacksonville going to try to get the ball in his hands and try to make people miss? So I think you're going to see a quick passing game. I think Chenault is going to be the beneficiary, and he's probably the guy who I consider my belly up, um, my belly, my del- my belly flops in this game. I'm looking at, you know. Houston's offense in general, I think Tyrod Taylor is a, maybe a streamer this op- this week, but I'm not looking for him to have a big game because I think that you're really going to see them try to establish the run. So I, I kind of am not big on him. And then on the Jacksonville side, um, you kind of hit the nail on the head. James Robinson could have a huge game or he could be phased out kind of. It would be interesting to see this game. I would play James Robinson, of course, if I have him on my team this week, but I wouldn't expect necessarily the numbers you think you're going to get versus Houston because it will be interesting to see this Carlos Hyde get some love. Yeah, yeah, I, I think on both sides, outside of uh, James Robinson and Brandon Cooks, you kind of have to start um, in mo- most situations. Uh, I think you're really just kind of looking at this one to see what the usage is going to be like uh, throughout the remainder of the season, especially on that Jacksonville side. You know, who are the receivers that Lawrence is going to fall in love with and how is Lawrence playing and just kind of things like that. You know, Lawrence was drafted in a lot of leagues, both redraft and especially dynasty as, as either a high end QB two or as a QB one. Um, and if he doesn't show up uh, this week, it's going to be hard to be playing him that way, at least for the first couple games. Of course, he's a rookie. He's going to grow. Um, and I, I think he'll probably be playing like a QB one, at least by the next time he, they meet the Texans. But, I mean, this is the most ideal matchup as a, a quarterback you could have in your first NFL game. Um, so so if it's a slow start out of the gate, then I would be hesitant uh, to be starting him as my QB1 for at least a couple weeks. Yeah, probably most vanilla defense he's going to see all year. And don't forget, Lobby <laughs> Smith is taking over defensive coordinator for the Texans, so you're going to see a lot of zone and I think some easy reads. For, that's why I think I like Chenault in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the Chargers and the Washington football team, also 1 p.m. Sunday. Um, who who would you have as your, your uh, belly ups? 
My belly ups in this game, I'm going Ryan Fitzpatrick. I do think the Chargers defense is going to be improved this year, but I think Fitzmagic's got something to prove. you got a healthy roster with Terry McLaurin. You're going to see Gibson have an opportunity to kind of shine out of the backfield, I would hope, and they you know, they can hopefully get a Curtis Samuel back healthy. So I think when you look at the weapons and what they kind of have in Washington versus the Chargers have, I think Fitzpatrick's got a chance to have a nice game. Um, I do like, like I said, like the Chargers defense moving forward, but I think it's going to take them a little bit to kind of get used to each other again. And you were able to kind of attack their linebackers in the passing game um, last year. So I think this is something you're going to see Gibson kind of decent games, Thomas kind of decent game, but I think overall Fitzpatrick's my belly up guy I like the most. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I definitely think on the Washington side, and it's just it's another one of those things, beginning of the season, it's hard, a little harder to preview what's going on, especially for the teams that have made massive changes. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, is throwing to guys and what the um, receiving end of things is going to look like uh, for Gibson um, and just kind of how players are being used on Washington. Now, obviously, on the Chargers side, we've seen guys, um, a lot of these guys with the same quarterback for a while, obviously, new coaching staff. Um, but at least we've seen these same players with this same quarterback. Um, of course, Keenan Allen's going to be a great play. Um, what I'm going to be really interested to watch, I think, is Jared Cook. Uh, I think he could be an interesting uh, waiver wire slash streaming tight end um, going forward, and I'd like to see how him and Herbert connect. Um you know, who I'm definitely staying away from is either of the inside the tackles slash power backs um, of the Chargers. Yeah, my my belly up on the Chargers side is going to be Austin Eckler. I love Davis, the kid, the linebacker that they the Redskins got, the middle linebacker, but he's a rookie. He's still kind of learning how to cover people, and I think that you're going to look at them and see them and try to attack him a lot. I do think Keenan Allen's got a little bit of a tougher matchup. You know, the Redskins have pretty good corners and have did pretty well against the pass last year. So it will be interesting to see will they have to try to funnel to the running backs a little bit more. So Austin Eckler is my belly up. And then I would probably see my belly flop on the Chargers side. Um, I think this is a tough game for a Mike Williams. I think that when you look at the second corner in Washington, adding, you know, if they have Fuller on the one side, but I forget what the other guys have on the side. But they've been really tough this year. I mean, going to be really tough this year to throw on. They're going to a pretty good pass rush. So Mike Williams, if he's going to be utilized in that deep role of game, deep role again this year, he's going to really struggle because they're not going to have time to really push the ball down the field, I think. Now, if he gets, you know, because his new coaching staff is there, the new offense, and he actually does get to play with the Mike Thomas role, Michael Thomas role, I should say, then maybe you seem to have a decent game. But I think if he's going to be utilized how he's been the last couple of years, it's just a pure deep threat. This isn't the game to play him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see a lot of, of how um, – the, the coaching changes impact things. Um, yeah, so that's that for that game. Moving on to Seattle versus Indy. Um, again, also in that 1 p.m. slot. Um, interested to see who you like on the Seattle side. On the Seattle side, it's it's kind of tough. I think this Colts defense is going to be pretty good this year. I do think Russ is definitely a definite start. I expect this offense to kind of fit him pretty well. Um, I think the Colts defense, while it's going to be good, you can still susceptible to the pass. I think it's going to be a little interesting to see how Chris Carson does this game. Um, you know, with Leonard healthy, the front four, the Colts being pretty much pretty dominant, actually, I think this year. It could be really dominant. Um, you know, Seattle's kind of still trying to figure out their offensive line issues. 
the you know Browns is coming back. William Browns is coming back from not really practicing or really participating in the offseason. So it's going to be interesting to see is that pass rush kind of you know and the defensive line does kind of dominate the line of scrimmage. So I do love Russell Wilson regardless. I think Russ has got a good floor. I think you're always going to see him scramble and be able to push the ball down the field. But I think the guy that I probably like the most for a belly up in this play is going to be Tyler Lockett. Um, he's the guy who's going to have nice matchups and you know inside the slot and a better guy that kind of can get open. He's not going to see the you know Xavier Rhodes very much. Um, he's not really going to have. He's going to be able to attack kind of the safeties on the Colts, which are still kind of question marks. So I think he's the guy that I have my upside the most. My belly flop might be Chris Carson. Not that I think he's going to have a horrible game. I just think he's a guy that's going to have a tough matchup. He's not going to be able to catch the ball like he expects to as much because you have Leonard kind of who's a good cover corner, good cover linebacker, and I'm going to run the ball very effectively because I think the Colts are going to dominate the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. Yeah, I mean, I would say I agree with uh, both of those. Lockett's a great play because um, I, I think that the way you beat the Colts and how the, that defense is set up right now is just having speed underneath, and Lockett definitely has that. I'll add to it, um, I think – Metcalf, while he's not going to have a bad day by any means, um, this isn't going to be one of those games. I I would imagine that he just goes off. I, I think it'll be a standard somewhere between 8 to 15 points, um, probably just nothing crazy. Um, it's not going to be one of his big weeks. I wouldn't – I hesitate to call it a belly flop. Just he's going to be pretty close to your projections. Don't expect anything crazy uh, from him. Now, over on the indie side, this is where things get a lot more interesting because it's a completely new offense, um, at least uh, personnel-wise, because the quarterback changed and because T.Y. Hilton's out um, to start the year. So who, who do you like over there? I think my belly-up player is going to be Paris Campbell. I think a lot of people were expecting Pittman to kind of step up and feel the taller you know, T.Y. Hilton role, and I kind of expect that too. I just think he, he has a tougher matchup versus the physical corners of Seattle who were able to kind of – match up with well with bigger tall receivers while they kind of struggle with the quicker guys. But I think Paris Campbell's speed and coming out of the slot is going to be somebody kind of difficult for Seattle to kind of match up with. And I think that you're going to see, you know, with Carson Wentz, he likes to kind of quicker receivers and get out of their breaks. And I think you're going to see Paris Campbell be a guy I kind of like to play this week for Seattle. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, really these defenses uh, scheme wise aren't that uh, dissimilar um, and it shows in that Lockett and Campbell being those those little smaller, little speedier guys are, are great plays um, this week. Uh, for me, as far as a belly flop goes, um, just with how everything has been um, with him being in and out of training camp the last couple of weeks and him not having the left tackle uh, situation really fixed up yet, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not judging Wentz too harshly if he flops this week. Um, and I wouldn't be that surprised if he does. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. This is a team that Seattle had a really good pass rush, especially the second half of the season last year. They were one of the mm-hmm. top five defenses sack-wise um, as the season progressed. So I think that's something you might struggle with. Protection, Carson Wentz, we kind of saw last year, took a lot of sacks. So that could be something he's kind of still adjusting to the offense. He's still adjusting to his team. And I think you're not going to have a T-wide kind of as your security blanket I do think it could be more of a struggle for Carson Wentz this week. Absolutely. Um, moving on to the next matchup would be the Jets and the Carolina Panthers. Um, on the Jets side, the, I I think it's hard to predict which uh, receivers are gonna going to be the best guys, especially um, at, as of right now. We don't know what the starting three will be. 
um, for week one um, because of um, COVID and whatnot. Um, but I, I do like the matchup for these receivers, especially for someone like Corey Davis. Uh, I think he has a really good matchup. Obviously, uh, Zach Wilson's first game, so we don't know who he's going to favor target-wise. Um, but uh, Corey Davis does have a good matchup as far as that is concerned. Um, and as far as a belly flop, I'm just staying away from the Jets running backs week one because I don't know what to make of them. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, the Jets offensive-wise, I'm I, I'm really excited for your boy Elijah Moore if Jameson if Crowder is going to be out. If Crowder's mm-hmm. going to be out and Elijah Moore can play some of the slot and the outside, right. I think he's going to go bonkers, honestly. Because yeah. I do think uh, – I kind of have a different take on Corey Davis. I think he's got a little bit of a tougher matchup because J.C. Horn's no slouch. And I think J.C. Horn's going to be following him around and pretty much be matched up with him. So I think that's the guy that might have not the greatest game that people kind of expect that maybe he will because you'll see one of the better corners on the Carolina Panthers. Um, but I think Elijah Moore, his speed – his ability to get out of his breaks is going to be something really hard for the Carolina's defense to kind of match up. So I think that he could have a really big game and a belly up player for me. I'm with you belly flop wise. I don't want to touch this backfield and it kills me because I feel like it's a great matchup. There's opportunity for somebody to have good yards. I just don't know how to tell you that's going to be. Uh, Tevin Coleman's look good. I from my understanding of these guys speed back, but you never really know how this use is going to kind of unfold. And I think that we look at Carolina, how you attack them is more in the passing game than the running game. So it will mm-hmm. be interesting to see if there's any of these running backs actually do get to kind of shine. Um, you know, Jets offensive lines is still just kind of just coming back together in a lot of ways. Beckton had been hurt. He's returned for back to practice. Tucker's been kind of in and out of, you know. So you're going to see this time he has it. They're going to gel, I think, eventually. But I don't know if week one is the week that they kind of gel for that running game. Right, right. Yeah, and I would agree on that, uh, Elijah Moore take. It's just all depending on what happens with Crowder, which is uh, definitely something to be watching going into the weekend. Um, moving on to that Panthers side, I'll say, I don't know who it is, but one of these receivers with uh, Christian McCaffrey jumping back in, one of them is going to get left out. I think it's going to be a season-long thing. I think this is going to probably transition into something more like um, what's happening over in Dallas with Gallup getting left out despite being a very talented receiver. Um, honestly... Yeah, to me, it's one of Anderson or more, and I, I'm leaning towards it being more just because of all the connections that Anderson has um, there. Uh, so I, I hesitantly, just because I love the talent, and the matchup's a good one too, but I'm hesitantly considering him a flop just because of where he was drafted, and I think the usage may not be there at all. Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, I definitely – I love Christian McCaffrey, so he's my belly up this week. I think that he's got an outstanding matchup. This is a great game to come back into. The Jets are struggling defensively. The linebackers are nothing to write home about. So I think when you look at the Christian McCaffrey, he's an awesome opportunity. My belly flop, I I tend to agree that one of the receivers isn't going to necessarily shine. I kind of think it might be Robbie Anderson over DJ Moore just because from the rumors I'm understanding is Terrence Marshall is going to be playing most of the slot and being running more of the deeper routes, which is going to allow – uh, more to kind of get back to his familiar role of yards after the catch kind of receiver and doing more of the drags, more of the underneath stuff. And I think that we already kind of seen in the preseason, Sam Darwin's get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. This offensive line for Carolina is not that great. Sam Darwin can't read defenses so the combination of the two, I think, you know, makes it for a quick passing game. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that my belly flop, who I wouldn't get, I wouldn't get cocky about in this game, you know, it's the Jets, is Sam Darnold. 
I expect him to kind of struggle. I think he's going to come out and throw high a couple throws. Cause I think he's going to have a little adrenaline going. And I wouldn't be surprised to get picked early. So I think that's the guy who I'm definitely – people might get a little cocky and think, oh, it's a Jets. We can – you know, Carolina's got a nice matchup. Don't get cocky in my opinion. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree there. Um, yeah, really nothing I have to dispute there. Uh, moving on to Minnesota versus Cincinnati. On the Minnesota side, I just – I got to ask, how you, <laughs> what are we doing at tight end? <laughs> I mean, I'm avoiding the tight end this week in general. I think until we see the Harrington and Conklin kind of thing unfold and who plays what. I mean, we should remember that these tight ends haven't really been relevant for the for the Vikings for the last couple of years. So I don't know necessarily you're going to get anything that you kind of were hoping for out of them. You expect the Earth to kind of have a breakout, but that was kind of more of a conjecture than actual things that we've seen so far. Um, I think the receivers are my belly ups this week. I think they both have outstanding matchups. Uh, Trey Waynes is out for Cincinnati. So for me, the guy my ultimate belly up the receiver is going to be Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen's going to have at least one and about two touchdowns. Two touchdowns, I think, have some big plays. I think he's going to be the guy that kind of is eats a lot more because people are kind of forgetting this guy's still a good player. Um, Jefferson's might be taking over that receiver one quote unquote role, but against Cincinnati, I think that Adam Thielen's going to shine. I also think Dalvin Cook's on a smash situation too. I mean, we already see Cincinnati's team defense has, has got you know, on a slower side, so I think the, both those guys have belly ups. Yeah, I mean, outside of that tight end room where, you know, we're just trying to let that situation unfold, I don't know if there is a true flop um, on the, the Vikings for this, I this week going up against Cincinnati. On the Cincinnati end, though, it's it's interesting um, for so many reasons. Obviously, Joe Burrow has struggled throughout training camp. Um, and then the Vikings' defense is very peculiar because on paper they're talented. Uh, but last year they didn't really show it too, too much. Um, what do you make of their defense? And uh, is Burrow your flop week one? I don't know. This this is one of my tougher reads for me. I, I look, Mike Zimmer is a hell of a coach, and he's always been a great defensive coordinator. He's always been able to coach up his players. Having said that, Patrick Peterson has been Patrick Peterson the last couple of years in Arizona. And we saw Xavier Roach basically fall off the face of the earth in Minnesota, same with the Colts and kind of revived his career. Is Patrick Peterson going to find rejuvenation? Um, Jamar Chase came out on Cincinnati's side was kind of talking trash already. Like, oh, I'd like to put Patrick Peterson on my highlight reel, my highlight reel um, which is pretty brave talk for a guy who, you know, hasn't really done anything in preseason. But if he backs it and you kind of look at his ability to do so, Patrick Peterson's really struggled versus some of the faster receivers the last couple of years. He's kind of definitely lost a step or two. So I'm really curious to see how this game unfolds. I do think Joe Burrow is a guy that I'm not feeling confident to start week one just because I want to see how the knee looks. I want to see him be able to be something more. You know, we, we have no idea, really. All we heard from basically is camp. We saw one throw in preseason, which was a screen pass. So we have no idea how he's going to really react to live bullets out there. So that's a guy who I definitely would fade. I wouldn't necessarily have the guts to play this week. Um, but overall... My belly up probably would probably definitely be T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins has got opportunity to have a good game this game. Um, I think it's going to be him or Boyd's going to probably be the leader in targets. Boyd will be got somebody, you know, a familiarity blanket, somebody they can get rid of the ball quickly to. But I also think T. Higgins, because I talk about Patrick Peterson kind of struggling, especially with the deep ball, I think he's somebody who can attack the secondary, especially deep. And I think if you're going to beat Minnesota, that's how you attack them right now. Yeah, um, I was going to say – Burrow was my flop, and I was going to, going to go Boyd. And you kind of explained why he's, I just, I think, going to be that safety blanket. Um, if Burrow's not feeling too confident in himself yet, 
um, that Boyd's going to be that guy that he checks it down to when he's he's a little nervous when he gets a little, you know, uh, just not uh, not feeling comfortable in the pocket. I think that's who he's going to get it out to quickly too. Um, Higgins is another good play. Uh, I'm not. I don't have the balls, quite frankly, to touch Chase or Burrow week one. Yeah, I don't. I don't have the guts to do that either. I'm. I am curious to see. Like I said, the Chase is kind of. He's getting talking junk already. But I do think a guy who's going to comment that has a great floor this week is going to be Joe Joe Mixon. Yeah. I know Joe Mixon is kind of going to be involved in all three downs moving forward, and you can attack Minnesota, particularly in the passing game of their running back position. Yeah, that that was the last name I wanted to make sure we hit on. Um, so moving on, uh, Arizona versus Tennessee. Um, this is definitely going to be an interesting matchup. We'll start on the Tennessee side. Um, Derrick Henry. It's just such an obvious one, but he's, I think, a pretty good belly up um, with that being a defense that just doesn't have a ton of size uh, in the really the linebacker group. Or, I mean, even J.J. Watt, if you think of him in that interior of the defensive line, is not the biggest guy. Um, uh, just overall, I, I like Derrick Henry um, in a rare a rare showing early season, I suppose. Um, yeah. Interested to see what you have to say on the belly up for Tennessee. Yeah, I think you know, Derrick Henry's probably going to have a nice game. I agree with you. I mean, Collins is a bigger bigger boy they drafted this year in Arizona, so they do have a little bit of size added to the linebacker core. But overall, it's how you pretty much attack the Arizona's you have physical. Having said that, my big smash, my belly up guy is going to be Ryan Tannehill. I think he's going to have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones healthy. He's going to have a defense that doesn't have any legit number one corner on outside. Um, and I think that he's got guys who he kind of wants to show the world, you know, I'm, I'm here, I'm one of the top quarterbacks, and I got weapons with me. So I, I expect Ryan Tannehill to really show out in this game. You see Arizona kind of be a fast-paced offense, and you're going to see a lot of plays probably. And as a result, I think Ryan Tannehill is going to have an opportunity to have a really nice game this game. I like it. I like it. Um, and then flops on that side. Uh I would – I don't know how I feel about Julio week one. I, I think he may worry some some owners uh, week one. I still like him. I think he's going to be a great wide receiver too just because of that talent. But I, I'm hesitant to see how that works uh, just first week. Yeah, I don't know if I have a belly, belly flop on the Tennessee side. I, I look at this Arizona secondary and I just see Swiss cheese. I mean, I booted yeah. big minutes about it. Like Byron Murphy in the slot, but there are no guys who really not primarily in the slot for Tennessee. So I just think that they have many opportunities. And I expect maybe Hulu doesn't have a gigantic game, but I almost guarantee if he's healthy, he scores a touchdown. Yeah. All right. So then on the Arizona side, um, I, I'm I'm almost leaning that I like uh, I like Kyler Murray in this game uh, just. With that pass rush, I think he's going to have to tuck it and run uh, a little bit more, which is weird to say from Tennessee, but they have improved it quite a bit over the offseason. Uh, and if he tucks it and runs a lot and has to run a lot, uh, two things are going to happen. Uh, one, I, that's bad for the team as a whole. I think they're going to be playing from behind. But two, he's going to rack up fantasy points. Um, and if they're playing from behind, he's, I mean, he's just going to be the focal point of the offense all day, uh, which leads me, of course, to the flop then. Um, which would be uh, Connor, who I see is going to be – I think he's going to be a little bit more involved in the passing game than uh, people maybe realize or expect, but 
I think Edmonds will be the more involved in the passing game of the two backs. Um, so, so if, you know, the run game, at least as far as running backs goes to the wayside, I think he hurts a lot more than Edmonds does who Edmonds could still at least get a handful of receptions um, down the stretch there. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. This Tennessee defense should be much improved this year. They made some nice acquisitions, bringing in Bud Dupree, especially solidifying their corner position. Um, and I think that this team is going to be one of the defenses kind of on an upswing. Having mm-hmm. said that, I'm with you. I think Kyler will probably have a better game this game because I think it'll just be kind of reliant on him to kind of move the chains and move the ball consistently. I think he'll probably use his legs primarily to do so. I do see him having a pretty nice, you know, struggling with this pass rush. I think the pass rush is going to be able to hit home, especially with Dupree and Simmons. And I think that's going to be a struggle for them to kind of get a consistent passing game. And as a result, I, I think James Conner is a guy I definitely agree with the belly flop. Um, I think that I don't disagree that he might be a little more in the passing game people expect. But I think you're right. James Edmonds is going to primarily be that guy. And once his team falls down, falls behind, maybe, you know, double digit points. I think you're going to see mostly Chase Edmonds out there. So I wouldn't be surprised if James Conner's, you know, if he doesn't fall into a touchdown, basically is useless this week. Yeah, I would definitely have to agree there. Uh, we've got two more of the 1 p.m. slot games left. Um, the first of those two is San, San Francisco um, versus the Detroit Lions. Um, let's start on Detroit, actually. Let's start on that side because I think it's definitely the one that's um, the most, I, I guess, all over the place. It's hard to predict. Um, so, so who do you like and who do you not like over on the Detroit side? I, for me, the Detroit side, I mean, I, I'm really curious to see how this offense is going to kind of run. We know it's going to probably be predominantly trying to run the ball and establish the run. 49ers are pretty good against They one of the best linebackers in football and Fred Warner. So it'll be really interesting, especially if Joey Bosa is healthy and what they kind of do to dominate the line of scrimmage. Having said that, I expect Detroit to kind of be able to move the ball decently on the outside. The 49ers really struggle with their corners. They haven't really upgraded at that position. Um, you know, they've recently brought in Josh Norman. It's just how desperate they really are. So for me, I think that if you're going to have somebody that I kind of like, I don't know if it's a belly up necessarily, but guys I kind of like on the offense this week for Detroit, I like Tyra Williams if he's healthy. I think he's going to have an opportunity to have a decent game. I think you're going to see him pretty much be the receiver one. And a lot of people like St. Brown. I think that'll be a nice play moving forward. But I think he's the guy that's going to really struggle against the 49ers. They're pretty good in nickel, with the nickel corners against slot receivers. So he's going to be a guy that's going to have an easy day. Um, and then I think Hawkinson's got an opportunity to have a decent day as well just because I think you're going to see the volume, but also that you don't see great safety play from the 49ers overall. So I think he's got a chance to have a pretty good game as well. Yeah, I would I hesitate to really pick up any of the guys um, except for the obvious starts in Hawkinson, um, Hawkinson and Swift. I, I would agree that I think Tyra Williams could be a sneaky play. He really is the only one that has a favorable matchup. Granted, he's been an inconsistent player to say the least. Uh, but he does have the most favorable matchup now with Jared Goff being the one throwing the ball. The deep ball may not go his way all the time, um, but they do have a solid offensive line at the very least enough to uh, hold up long enough to get it to him, um, which is not always going to be the case, I feel like, against the 49ers. Um, as far as a flop goes, I mean, Goff's an obvious one, and then uh, – Jamal Williams, <laughs> and we can keep going, but uh, it's not going to be great for many guys there on the Lions. Uh, moving over to the 49ers, who are watching them is much more interesting. <laughs> uh, 
Who do you have over there? I I I have probably three. I mean, I think most of the guys you can play with confidence this week. Detroit's defense is still, you know, is going to be putrid this year. I think they were going to improve a little bit more over last year, but I still think they have a lot to be desired when it comes to the actual talent on that side. So I expect Brady and Ayuk to have a big belly belly up game. I expect the running backs in general. I think Sherman, I think Sherman and Ryan Moser can be plays this week where I think you can get something production from both those guys and be happy with what you're going to get. So they're probably the three guys I'm really excited about. And, of course, you can't forget about George Kittle. He's got a great matchup too. So I think, in general, most of the 49er pass catchers are guys that I like. I don't really have a guy necessarily fade this week. Maybe Jimmy G's because they're going. I think this team's going to be up pretty big pretty quickly. So maybe they're not really passing the ball a whole lot. Um, but I think that's maybe the only guy that maybe has a little bit of a possible belly flop opportunity this week. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. I guess just kind of going with Jimmy G, maybe IU could could be pretty touchdown dependent. They very may well give up the passing game early on. At least Debo Samuel uh, will get used in that kind of hybrid role a little bit more. But IU is a little bit more um, receivery. <laughs> uh, but yeah, otherwise I, I think that they the 49ers have the much better end of this matchup um, <laughs> week one. Uh, one more of these games, and definitely a more interesting one: uh, Pittsburgh versus Buffalo. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I think Ben, at least as far as where he's getting drafted versus what I think I can expect from him week one, I would love to be playing him um, week one if he, especially in a two quarterback league. Uh, I think he's got a good situation to be successful week one. What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. A lot of people have written off Ben Mossberg going into this year, and I think that's a big mistake. I think this team got a lot of weapons, and I think the new world coordinator and Matt Canada is really going to bring some spice up the Pittsburgh offense in a lot of ways and kind of keep people off guard. Um, so I think Ben has an opportunity to have a nice game. I think I think Najee Harris is going to have a pretty solid game. I think that he's going to be somebody that's going to get the ball a lot. Um, I think you're going to see them try to make sure that they make at least teams respect their run. And you're going to see him utilized in the passing game. So I think the combination of the two give him a solid floor this week. And then I'm I'm actually really excited about Deontay Johnson. I think from what I understand, they expect that Trey White's going to kind of follow Claypool around most of the time. So it's definitely the player I'm probably going to fade this week. And my belly flop would be probably Claypool. Um, but I think Deontay Johnson, because he's not going to really going to see him, and he's going to be somebody they kind of move around their offense, I think he could have a nice week this week as well. Yeah, I was going to add uh, Claypool as my belly flop as well uh, for a different reason in that I, I really like what the Bills did to improve their pass rush over the offseason. Um, and 
Uh, Claypool is someone whose his strength is going down the field and with that kind of getting limited a little bit more, especially with him being trailed by Trey White. It just all around is not, I think, the day for Claypool. So I think Deontay Johnson and Juju, as far as the pass catchers go, um, will be the ones to to play this week. Moving on to the other side, of course, Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen's a play every week, so excluding him, how are you feeling? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if T.J. Watt is really not playing week one for a Pittsburgh defense, this is in a completely different defense, in my opinion. You lost Brad Dupree, but Dupree, I should say. You don't really have another pass rusher other than Watt. So we already have kind of questions about this Pittsburgh defense. It's not the same defense we've seen in the past. They're kind of struck. They have more of a lighter corner situation after losing, um, I forget the guy's name, but they had a help basically moving him outside. And they're really questionable a lot of places on defense. So if they don't have, they don't have what I think Buffalo could have a great game offensively. I think Josh Allen's definitely a guy you can see have a nice game. And I think you're going to see Stefan Diggs be able to run Rapper room on his defense. I think, Jay, I think Joe Hayden's kind of lost his step. I don't think he's the same corner that he used to be. And I think that if he's going to be the primary defender, quote unquote, for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, then you know, Buffalo has a opportunity to have a big game. I think you know, Stefan Diggs is going to be one of those guys of beneficiaries. Yeah, I think Diggs is going to have a massive game. Um, if I was going to pick a flop on the Bills side, which is hard to do, I think it's that running back group, to be honest with you, just because I'm uh, with them splitting carries already. There's just a lot. Uh, a ton of volume for any of them anyways. Uh, this is a game that could be passing a lot because I don't think – I think Pittsburgh could be keeping solid pace. Now, ultimately, I think Buffalo is going to win the game, uh, but I think Pittsburgh will stay in it from the majority. And with that, I think we'll see a lot of passing um, on both sides. Uh, so I guess if I'm staying away from anyone on the Bills side, it's definitely that running back room. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that Pittsburgh's defense, one thing they can do pretty well is stop the run and tackle. So mm-hmm. I think that doesn't really necessarily change with some of the guys out. But I do think that you're going to see, you know, Buffalo's already kind of pass happy as it is. I think you're going to see them throwing the ball over the field this week because without T.J. Watt, that pass rush isn't going to be getting home. and They're going to be able to pick that defense apart. All right, all right. Moving on to the 430 games, we can start off with Philadelphia versus Atlanta. Um, we can start off, of course, with that Philly side of things. Um, I think this is a big week for Hertz. And, I, yeah, I think Hertz is the one that I'm a firm belly up on. It's hard to pick which one. But I think one of the receivers could also have a, as big of a day as they're going to have this season with Hertz as the quarterback as well. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant on, on Sanders, uh, not too, too much. I just don't know if we'll be relied on primarily uh, week one here. What do you think on the, the Philadelphia side? So on the Philadelphia side, my belly up is going to be Devonta Smith. I think he's going to be a mismatch for the secondary Atlanta. I think they kind of struggle with quicker receivers. They struggle with guys who can get off the line and get off press easily. So I expect him to have a pretty decent game. He showed me a lot in preseason with his ability to get out of his cuts and out of his breaks. I think he's going to be somebody that's going to have a pretty nice, you know, effective game. For my Flop, I'm going against the green for a lot of people. A lot of people love Jalen Hurts this week, and I actually do not love Jalen Hurts this week because I think that this is expectation that he's going to be able to pick Atlanta's defense apart and be able to run all over him. Atlanta has good team speed, particularly in their linebacking core, and I think there's not going to be as easy people kind of expect him to kind of scramble and run around, which is what I think Jalen Hurts has to kind of live off of, and I think Atlanta's going to do a good job of trying to – they're good at kind of keeping guys in front of them 
Jalen Hurts is the most accurate guy, so there's going to be throws that are there for him. I just got to see him consistently make those throws, and that's where I think DPs is actually going to kind of confuse him a little bit. We've seen New England always have a good success against rookie quarterbacks. DPs come from that kind of Belichick tree. I think he's going to try to use a lot of confusion, a lot of different looks for Atlanta, and I think that their team speed is going to be something that kind of bothers Jalen Hurts overall. So I actually have him, I know it's against most people because everybody's loving Jalen Hurts this week. That's actually going to be my belly, my belly flop this week. Um, on the other side of the ball, for Atlanta's offense, I love Kyle Pitts this week. I can't say it enough. Um, we This whole offseason, we talked a lot about Kyle Pitts going too high and where he needs to go and this and that. But we cannot forget this guy's still going to be the primary pass catcher other than Calvin Ridley in this offense. Arthur Smith is a tight ends coach and loves to get the ball to his tight ends. Janu Smith had eight touchdowns last year, and he was barely – he only played about 45 or 45% of the snaps. So I expect Kyle Pitts to come out really well this game. The linebackers for the Eagles kind of struggle against pass coverage. I know they made some additions in the offseason, but I hate their secondary, particularly um, Anthony Maddox. And I think that you're going to see Kyle Pitts be able to light up this secondary. He's going to have a huge game in my book. So that's my belly up. My belly flop is probably going to be Mike Davis this week. I think the Eagles, their front four is probably going to dominate the line of scrimmage in a lot of ways. Everything has been great out of them preseason-wise. Um, their defense kind of looks like it's back to normal, quote unquote. They can get guys up, you know, up, guys up the field, being attack things in the backfield, and they're pretty healthy. So when I look at that defensive line versus Atlanta offensive line, I have, I have serious concerns for Davis and his production in the running game. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually agree on both of those. Um, I think Pitts just with how little the Eagles have have put into their linebacking group, he's just going to have mismatches all afternoon long uh i guess the only real addition that i'd have to that is i am also staying away from matt ryan this week if i have the opportunity to do that um just i I, he may pile up yards early um maybe even a score or two but just i i think the ceiling is pretty low here i think it's a game that'll probably be low-ish scoring a winning team will probably be first to 21 quite frankly um you know, uh, I don't know. I just don't think the upside is necessarily there for him to have a big day, uh, at least with how much his, his touchdowns have kind of fallen off a cliff the last few years. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think, like I said, I think that front four is going to get pressure on Matt Ryan. So we see Matty Ice kind of get smacked around. And he doesn't always have the best games when he starts getting hit. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to Cleveland versus Kansas City. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. And one that I actually – I like Nick Chubb a lot in. Um, now, Kansas City has kind of shored up its weaknesses, which has been out-physicaling them. Um, but as far as uh, how things go – Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, for Kansas City, I think Nick Chubb's in a good spot. Um, now, that being said, Baker Mayfield will have to uh, show up if they have any chance of winning. Um, but just with all the, you know, the resources that Kansas City has been putting into uh, 
preventing them from losing really any shootouts. I just I don't think Baker's really in a good situation to win. I mean, I really like both the Cleveland running backs because they're going to be playing from behind. So Kareem Hunt is going to be a uh, a play as well. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really love the receivers outside of maybe Odell. It's just not um, Kansas City is going to be trying to make Cleveland run, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a really interesting game. People kind of think, you know, assume the Chiefs defense isn't very good, but they were only good about 135 yards to the outside receivers last year in the passing game. So you, it is kind of hard to attack them on the outside. I agree with that point. Um, my, you know, my belly up is definitely on the same page as you. I love Nick Chubb in this game. I think that he's the identity of the Cleveland Browns, and if they're going to win this game, it's going to be because Nick Chubb had a big game. I think mm-hmm. that he's kind of establishes their physical style. I think he's going to be somebody still tougher, even though the Chiefs have made some additions on the defensive side. I still think their linebackers going to be attacked, especially when that slashing running game. When you can kind of have guys who are bigger and break tackles and be able to get to that second level, I think the Chiefs kind of struggle with those kinds of guys. So I like I love Nick Chubb. If I was going to have a, a fantasy uh, flop for this week, I'd go with Austin Hooper. There's a lot of talk about, you know, Austin Hooper's got to justify him getting paid. He's got the Chiefs matchup. I don't think this is a good matchup for him. I think he's a guy who's going to be asked to kind of stay back in pass protection a little bit more often than he expects to. Um, and I think overall that your point, then you're going to see the running game, running backs be a little like way more than tight ends are in this game. So I, that's probably my belly flop for the Cleveland Browns. And then on the Chiefs side, um, I think that's an interesting one. It, it's hard to pick out really uh, who's going to be, at least for me, um, the one left out. Cause I, I think one of, uh, Kelsey or Hill will probably disappoint some owners. I'm just not uh, fully sure uh, which one it will be. That being said, I do think Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, is in a situation where he could have a pretty big game. I'm interested to see your thoughts there. Yeah, I'm really – Miss Cleveland Brown's defense on paper is going to be – should be really, really good. So mm-hmm. it's really going to be interesting to see what's on paper versus what we see on the field. Having said that, I, I tend to agree with you. But I actually think the guy I'm I'm not as worried about would be Kelsey. I think that he has the best matchups in this first the Cleveland Browns. While we've seen the corners um, for Cleveland be able to kind of shut down number one receivers, we've seen them kind of you know step it up over the last couple of years. Um, they've gotten multiple players in the secondary that actually can go deep now. They can bring Greedy Williams as their third or fourth corner. So they have a lot of options to kind of throw at you. So I think Tyreek Hill is going to probably be the guy that maybe doesn't have a big as a big week as you'd hope for um, on the Cleveland side and then on the Kansas City side. But I do agree with you. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a nice matchup in this game. It will be interesting to see the linebackers have kind of improved in Cleveland and they had kind of definitely even tried to improve the defensive line. But I still think they're a little bit lighter on the line. And I think the Chiefs offensive linemen, you know, especially the new additions that they kind of brought in this year and some of the young guys, they're kind of they're big maulers. So I expect them to have an opportunity to kind of try to establish themselves this year and try to establish it off right first week of the season versus Cleveland and using their offensive line to kind of create running for the running game versus, you know, vice versa what we've been used to is that them throwing the ball all the time. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to the next game, which is Green Bay versus New Orleans. Um, this is a 425 matchup um, this Sunday. Um, start on the New Orleans side. Uh, just because of it, I think this is an outstanding matchup for Marcus Callaway. Um, uh, we've seen really versus Jarek Alexander. See, it's <laughs> I don't think that Callaway is the caliber of player that is just going to get shadowed all of the time. Um, I, I think he'll kind of get mixed in here and there, and pretty much outside of Alexander, 
um, everyone on that defense uh, in the secondary is susceptible to getting burnt. Um, obviously, I think Alexander, if he stays on Callaway all game long, will probably lock him up. I just don't really see that they're going to use that resource that way. I think it'll be pretty dependent, and when they're not together, I think Callaway is a mismatch for pretty much everyone else. Yeah, I give you a hard time, but I tend to agree with you. <laughs> I think that um, – I mean, I do I – I saw people fading him this week because of Jerry Alexander's matchup with him. But I agree with you. I'd be surprised if Green Bay is going to make that much of an effort to try to take away Callaway. And I expect Sean Payton to kind of move Callaway around as accordingly and put him in the slot and move him around as, as they kind of need to. Right. Um, but my, my belly up guy for this week is definitely going to be for the New Orleans Saints is going to be Alvin Kamara. We've seen Green Bay really struggle against the running backs the last couple of years, particularly in the passing game. I think Kamara is going to be that guy. We saw Michael Thomas was out previous. Yeah, he got about 25% of the pass passes thrown his way. I think you're going to see that continue. I think you're going to see him get the ball a lot, especially with Latavius Murray being cut. So I think this is Alvin Kamara's show, and I definitely hit him on my belly up. My belly flop would probably be Traquan Smith because I agree with you that I think one of the receivers isn't going to do something. I don't think it's not going to be. I think it's Traquan Smith's that guy who I just think is a one-trick pony. Um, I think he's going to, you know, he's really going to struggle. I think he's going to probably use in the decoy role a lot more and probably be seeing a lot more Jerry Alexander as a result of that and kind of just running, running him off. Uh, basically, so he's not going to see a lot of targets. And I think that's the guy that I definitely would avoid playing this week. Yeah, I'm not playing Traquan Smith that often, to be honest with you, but would have to have to agree. Over on the Green Bay side, I think uh, things are pretty interesting over there. Uh, interested to hear what you have as your, uh, your play there. Yeah, I mean, you're going to probably see Gilmore definitely is shadowing Adams. Doesn't mean you avoid Adams. We've seen Mike Evans dominate Gilmore before. We've seen Gilmore shut down other guys, so it'll be interesting to kind of see how this shows up. But for me, the guy I'm actually really excited about is Robert Tan- Tanyan and Valkyrie Stanley. Um, I think Scantling uh, is a guy that has a great matchup on the other side. We really have questions about that second corner in New Orleans. Then you definitely attack them down the field. And Tanya's got an opportunity to have a great game because New Orleans really struggled against tight ends last year. Um, Michael Jenkins isn't the same guy. He hasn't been the same guy for the last two or three years. And in the beginning of the season, and particularly throughout the season, this was a guy that we just saw get lit up versus tight ends. So I expect that the Green Bay Packers are going to still throw it to Adams, of course, but I expect those other two complimentary receivers to have really big games this week. So that's my two belly ups. My belly flop on the Green Bay side, I don't really have one. I think Aaron Jones might have as big a week as people hope he is. For more than one reason. Uh, I think the Saints are pretty good against the running backs. They have been in the top five, I think, last year. Um, they tackle well. You're not going to be a team that you can run the ball really effectively on necessarily. Now everybody's excited about Aaron Jones getting more on the passing game. That, that could maybe give him a nice floor. But I think we're going to see a lot more A.J. Dillon people expect to see. I think everybody soon because Williams has moved on, that this is going to be the Aaron Jones show. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I think you're going to see a lot more Dillon. And I think you're going to see them kind of split more consistently than people expected to split. Interesting, interesting. Um, as far as your hit on Tanyan, I like it a lot. Uh, someone I wanted to add there, though. Uh, I think this is a good matchup for Randall Cobb as well. Um, I, I think he could play, have a pretty good game um, for for both matchup reasons and just because Aaron put himself out there to get Randall Cobb back. Um, I, I think he's going to be looking for him, uh, at least to some extent. But also it's just a good matchup. Of I think he's going to get moved around a lot. Uh, and I, I think he very well may be in that second or third option there. Um, and before we move any further, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome 
Justin Herrera. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Made it. What was that trial with the Ravens? <laughs> How did you play running back? How did you outran Le'Veon Bell in the 40? Hey, man, Tayshawn Williams, he's not as good as everybody's thinking he is. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Like it. All right, Justin, we're going to throw you right into the fire. Uh, we're doing matchups right now, and we are doing – uh, Green Bay versus New Orleans. Uh, we're on the Green Bay side. Who are your hits and misses uh, for for Green Bay? Um, so uh, obviously, first off, um, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Aaron Rodgers is always going to be a hit in that game. Um, I I like Aaron Jones more in the passing game this week, actually, because. I think that New Orleans has a pretty stifling run defense. I'm not going to say he's not going to get any yards, but I think that Aaron Rodgers will connect more on the passing game with Aaron Jones. He might get a passing touchdown more than a rushing touchdown this week. Um, It's interesting to see who's going to be the wide receiver two out there. I mean, who's going to really lock down the job? Will we see a lot of Randall Cobb? Um, Will we get, you know, Alan Lazard, maybe Amari Rodgers mixed in there? Um. And obviously, Devontae Adams is a lock in any game. You'd be crazy not to lock him in your roster. <laughs> he's just too good. Even if he's going to be covered by Lattimore, he's just, gonna, he's just too good. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, I'd be interested more in seeing who's going to be their wide receiver, too, because you know they're going to be fed well. So, if it's going to be Lazard, can he stay healthy? If it's going to be Rodgers, is he too small? There's a lot of question marks at that wide receiver, too. And then there's obviously there's Cobb, who's – Kind of on the older side, but he's got the connection with Rodgers already. Yeah, Cobb is who I was saying is my uh, the guy that I really liked over there. But it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that wide receiver group plays out. Um, we'll move on to the next game, get to you a, a fresh game. And it's an interesting one, actually, uh, for a lot of reasons. So Denver versus the Giants. Um, and I want to start on the Giants side and see what you guys think of this matchup because I think it is not a great one for uh, Daniel Jones and the uh, Giants passing offense. Um, really the only – I think Barkley could have a big day and it's not going to be because they're ahead. It's just going to be because I think he's the only one that has much of the chance here. Uh, we're going to see if the, the Broncos pass rush is what it – is what it used to be. Uh, what do you guys think? 
Yeah, I'm 100% on the board with you, Adam. I have serious concerns for the Giants' offense, particularly week one versus Denver's defense. Denver's stacked defensively. They got a great pass rush. They go four to five deep at the corner position. They have a turnover safety in Justin Simmons. You have decent linebackers. I think this is a horrible matchup for the uh, basically a Giants team that hasn't really even practiced mostly together most of this offseason. So the, I'm definitely my belly flops would be Kenny Galladay. It's not, I love Kenny Galladay. Dan and I have gone to war over this. We've had discussions with Kenny Galladay on this show. But this is not the week I'm going to be confident about Kenny Galladay. I'm also going to – I definitely think my belly, belly flop is going to be Daniel Jones. This is not a game to play Daniel Jones. This isn't going to be the bounce-back game for Daniel Jones. This is the game Daniel Jones is going to probably get smacked around quite often because that offensive line for the Giants is really struggling and defensive line for Denver is healthy. So it's going to be a really interesting matchup for those guys. Agreed, agreed. Um, I guess the only pass catcher that I will say doesn't seem like it would be the worst play in the world uh, for the Giants. Now, I think you'd have to be in a desperate situation to necessarily go here. However, I don't think Shepard has that bad of a situation uh, for the week, uh, especially with him supposedly now being in the slot a lot more often. Uh, yeah. Justin, what do you think over there on the the uh, Giants offense before we move over to Denver? Um, I would just be repeating a lot of what you guys said. To be honest, I, I don't <laughs> like the Giants offense whatsoever this year, and this is a terrible matchup to start them off. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, Danny fumbling the ball, and it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a good game if you own the Denver defense. Is what I'm going to say. But um, I, I think Barkley can definitely have a good game. Uh, I think it'll be more through uh, repetition, them just like absolutely feeding him the ball and him having to go somewhere. Um, you know, Galladay, he's not my favorite. He He's not my favorite wide receiver, period. But against a good secondary, he kind of drops off for me too. Um, I would say maybe Darius Slayton. You know, you could see late in the game, maybe Darius Slayton pulls off a touchdown off, off a longer drive off a longer catch, but um, yeah, I mean, especially with Ingram not even being there too, it kind of really puts this offense in a pickle and I don't think they're going to get themselves out of it. I think it's going to be a horrible day for, for Danny Dimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is not a great day for them at all. Um, who I think it's going to be a great day for though is I, I like the, uh, the Broncos receivers here, to be honest. Uh, outside of Adore Jackson, to an extent, that secondary in New York really isn't my favorite. Uh, Bradbury as well. Um, but that safety group is not very inspiring at all. Uh, neither are those linebackers, uh, to be honest. Uh, so I, I think overall as a passing offense, this is going to be a good good day to see what Bridgewater can do. Yeah, I think yeah. fans going to have a good shot of going off today or on Sunday. Because he's just, I mean, you really illustrated it perfectly. They've got really nothing as far as if you look at that defense. I mean, you know, Blake Martinez, he's good. But, you know, you got to have somebody who can cover Noah Fant. And Noah Fant can blaze off the line of scrimmage like a wide receiver. So that's already hard to cover, period. And then you take into the fact that, you know, your best um, your best secondary players play on the outside and are going to be covering Sutton and Judy all day long. You know, I could see Noah Fant having a good day um, as well as, you know, it could be Melvin Gordon show. And Melvin Gordon up against that front seven, you know, they, they have some good 
interior players. But, I mean, if that line starts working them early, we could see Melvin Gordon. Then maybe they hand it off to Javante Williams at the end. He has himself a good day, too. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I would say about that is that, you know, Noah Fant's probably going to have a pretty good day himself. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think Fant has a good matchup. I will say I don't love the matchup for the running game just because I like that interior um, of New York a lot. So Gordon isn't someone that I feel super confident about. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think for me, offensively, I think the Denver tight ends are going to be the ones who have the most advantage my my belly ups. And my belly flop would probably be the running back position. I think a lot of people expect the Giants to kind of be a little team you can kind of push over. But people forget that run defense is really good. And they have been pretty good the last couple of years. So I think that's where I think it's, you know, Denver's going to – because overall the scheme's not going to be very high scoring, I don't think. So that's probably, for me, where I'm trying to avoid. I, I think the receivers have a tougher matchup as well. Bradbury was out been outstanding last year. Um, he's one of the tougher guys at the row one. You can add Dory Jackson. I still think you can attack him. So whoever sees Dory Jackson the most is probably the receiver who benefits the most. But for me, the safest play is the tight ends. I like it, like it. All right, so moving on to Miami versus New England. Um, we can go ahead and start on the Miami side. Uh, I don't have too much to say about this because I think we kind of got to some of this last week. Um, I don't love uh, I don't love Tua Tua's matchup here, uh, but I do think that Jalen Waddle could have a pretty good game. Um, I just think. It's a lot for Tua just week one to go against that New England defense, especially after they've reloaded here a little bit. Um, but Jalen Waddle is, I think, going to have a really good matchup uh, against that secondary, especially um, with Parker, I think, going to be the guy that um, is taking any CB1 um, coverage. I-, I think Waddle should be able to uh, make a few plays. Um yeah, I think on the Miami side, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how things play out um, outside of Parker and uh, Waddle. Um, we'll kind of see where Fuller fills in later. Uh, Chris, what do you think on the, the Miami side? Yeah, I mean, I definitely like Waddle's opportunity this week. I think outside J.C. Jackson, the secondary is kind of questionable. I think Jalen Mills is a bum. So I think if he's out there, whoever's matched up with him, they you know Waddle, Waddle definitely will lay him up. Having said that, I gotta see how much Waddle plays in the slot. Um, so if I think he's in the slot, you're gonna see him have a bigger game if he's not. Where I do like the guys for kind of my belly ups for the offense is actually going Mike Kosecki. Mike Kosecki's got a pretty nice matchup in this game, and I think that Gaskin's got a pretty good matchup for the passing wise. This is gonna allow him running the ball like, all that effectively. I think he's going to have some a decent amount of catches because you can throw the ball in those linebackers in New England, especially high tower in the middle linebacker. So I think that's probably where you're going to see them attack mostly is in the middle with guy with guy um Gusecki and with Gaskins. There might be my belly my belly flops is definitely Devontae Parker. I think he's going to see nothing but J.C. Jackson. I think we've already kind of seen the questionable match, you know, questionable connection between him and Tua. I think it's going to be improved this year. Having said that, I still think there's not going to be a lot of separation for him to get. This is going to be the guy he's probably going to not really look for because he's basically the best, <coughs> basic best coverage guys for New England. So, yeah, it's a guy who I definitely have my belly flop for is Parker, and I think you're going to be able to – Miami's over, offensively be able to tag you in the middle mostly. Justin, anything to add or just uh... – that, that pretty much – that covered exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say my, like – highlight of that game was going to be Gasecki. I think that he was going to have the best matchups 
and he already has a connection, a good connection with Tua. So, I mean, I, I can see Waddle having a good game too. Um, but definitely whoever gets J.C. Jackson is going to have a rough outing. Um, mm-hmm. So they might just put, to Chris's um, point, they might just put Devontae Parker on him and just put Waddle in the slot, which would be phenomenal. Yeah, but It's also going to be all about, like, Tua and how he handles pressure, you know. Matthew Judon is going to be coming up the middle. He's going to be coming from the side. He was doing outstanding work in the preseason. So, you know, he's going to be pressured a lot, and we're going to see what uh, what Tua can actually do. I'm, mm-hmm. I haven't been a big fan of him, just like you guys, but, you know, it's year two. Make or break it. Yep, yep. All right, so uh, on the New England side, um, things are definitely <laughs> interesting over there. Uh, Mac Jones is my flop. Uh, we talked about that pretty extensively last week, um, mm-hmm. uh, how he could even be someone to buy after this game if he has a bad outing. Um, and then I guess on the flip side of that, uh, who I think if New England has any chance, Damian Harris has to run this offense really, really well. Um, so he would be my um, my belly up guy with Mac Jones, my flop, and really just the uh, – the New England passing offense as a whole, really with the exception of, I think I could see John o. Smith having a, a good week, but he's the only um, receiver that I, I like uh, too much for this week's matchup. Uh, Justin, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'll take uh, I'll take John o. Smith. And then um, I like the idea of finding out where we're going to stand with this uh, running back core, you know, what's going to be going on there. Is it going to be Damian Harris you know, three downs, and then are we going to be having Ramondre come in for the goal line? Is Harris going to be getting his goal line carries? Um, is J.J. Taylor going to be worked in there? I can see a lot of different instances where, you know, nobody really yields you a great week, but there's mm-hmm. maybe a good week for Damian Harris, maybe an RB4 week for Damian Harris, and maybe, you know, you start seeing J.J. Taylor and, you know, Ramondre Stevenson coming more and more off the waivers and um, – smaller leagues so yeah it's gonna be an interesting uh interesting week so my belly up would be uh john U. smith for sure uh my belly down is going to be jacoby myers because going against Xavier howard it's going to be a tough matchup yeah absolutely i guess the only thing i would add to that is james white could have a, a pretty good week as well yes. um there's a safety blanket there for um for mac jones chris yeah, I tend to agree with both of you. My belly up is going to be Damian Harris. I do think he's going to be the bell cow back for this team. I think that I actually, Dan and I talked about this on our show. Um, I think that you're going to see him try to be utilized, but more in a passing this year. I think that hopefully Josh McDaniels has kind of learned his lesson about being so predictable with his running backs. Damian Harris has been talked about all offseason about how he's been doing good in pass protection. Like we, you know, we saw him catch the ball in, in Alabama, so hopefully he can be utilized just a little bit. And not expect not expecting to steal James White's role or anything like that. I just think you saw Rex Burkhead move on and just Rex Burkhead kind of variety of usage is the way I'm kind of looking for it. That he can actually throw in the ball once in a while is kind of I think Damian Harris has an upside for. So I like Harris this week. I also like Janu Smith. I think the tight ends in general have the better matchups. I agree with both of you guys. The guys who I'm definitely my belly flops are the two outside receivers, the Patriots. I don't think Aguilar or Myers are guys I want to touch this week. Matt Jones is playing a really tough defense, particularly on the outside. So I think they're going to really try to use utilize their tight ends predominantly in the passing game and run the ball well. I don't think this game to be very high scoring. So I think overall, they're my receivers I'm not touching. Absolutely agreed. And with that, we move on to Sunday night. 
um, in the Sunday night game. Of course, the Chicago Bears versus the L.A. Rams. Um, I think that is a terrible, outright terrible matchup for um, David Montgomery. Um, it's just going to be really tough to to get up in the middle, and especially uh, considering that they'll probably be down pretty quick. I, I just don't love that. Um, on the flip side of that, this is a week that I think Allen Robinson could really go off, and maybe even another one of these um, these Bears receivers, but definitely I feel comfortable in Allen Robinson um, week one. Uh, Chris? Yeah, I would no probably Jalen Ramsey. Not that I would necessarily play Allen Robinson this week, but I'm not really big on him because I think Jalen Ramsey's going to see a lot, a whole lot of Allen Robinson. Oh, yeah. Um, for my my fantasy belly up guys for Chicago's offense, I think I'm going to go with the tight end. I think Cole Clement have a decent game this game. You saw Johnson, the safety, move on from the Rams to two Cleveland Browns. So I think you have some question marks in the secondary for the Rams, particularly where Patrick, you, know, where you don't see Jalen Ramsey at. So I think it's how the Bears be able to attack them with Cole Clement. Um, so my belly up, my belly, my my belly flops. Um, I'm, I think Andy Dalton's definite belly flop. I think that you're going to see David Montgomery probably struggle. I do have some hope he can catch the ball out of the backfield because the linebackers for the Rams don't particularly do a great job on rush on um, stopping passing game of the running backs. So I think that's one thing you can kind of utilize David Montgomery in. But I agree with you. I don't think he's going to have a very good game. So. But my biggest, my my fantasy flops overall offensively for Chicago is definitely going to be Andy Dalton. I want no part of that passing game. <laughs> Justin, anything bad? Um, yeah, Chris, you keep on stealing my belly ups. <laughs> um, yeah, so my guy was going to be Cole Komet, but for being different, I'll I'll just say, um, for the sake of being different, I'll just say Darryl, Darnell Mooney. I think to what you said, Adam, I think Allen Robinson – is going to be a factor, but he's also going to have the biggest factor on that defense, other than Aaron Donald, of course, on him all game long. So I think it's going to be the perfect chance to see what we have with Darnell Mooney. Um, we know he can stretch the field. Can he run different routes? Yes. But how effective can he be when he's called upon? You know what I mean? Um, so I think he's going to be a factor in that game. And for me, David Montgomery is definitely the belly down. Uh, it's very hard to run on that defense for anybody, um, but now especially talking about a team that doesn't really have the elite offensive line to really move that defensive line. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, moving on to the Rams side. Uh, Chris, we'll go ahead and start with you over there. Yeah, my belly ups are both the receivers for the Rams. I love Robert Woods and Cooper Cup this week. I think they're going to see a whole lot of the second corner for the Bears. Don't forget they lost Kyle Fuller, which was just stupid on their part, but they did lose him this offseason. So they have a rookie basically replacing him. I think that second and third corner is a guy that you're going to attack all game long because Robert Woods and Cooper Cup kind of interchange with one another in this offense. They're both going to have an opportunity to kind of see those second and third corners quite often. So I expect both of them to have huge games. They're by belly ups. My belly downs to the Rams offense is the running game. I think Henderson and Sue Michelle are going to kind of struggle in this game. Chicago does a pretty good job of of you know, stopping the run, but also has a better front four versus kind of this softer, questionable Rams offensive line. So for me, I love the receivers, don't love the running game. Yeah. Um, I would go with my belly ups going to be Matthew Stafford. I think he knows the Bears very well. Um, I know 
he's got a lot of slot receivers there now. So I think he's going to be getting the ball out a little bit quicker and it's going to kind of negate the pressure that the Bears are going to try and bring. Uh, my belly downs will be probably – I'm probably going to go the same just because I love Roquan Smith and Khalil Mack. I think that front seven is also pretty elite. Um, so probably, yeah, Daryl Henderson. I don't think he's going to – unless he starts offering up a little bit more in the passing game, I think he's going to have a pretty much of a dud week. Yeah, I, I would just be echoing what you guys said. I think Stafford and Cup specifically are going to have pretty big weeks, and Henderson, I'm not really holding my breath too, too much there. Um, finally, we get Baltimore versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, that'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, we can start on the Raiders' side because I think that's probably a bit more um, – bit more interesting. Um, and Justin, we'll, we'll kick it back to you. Um, so my belly ups there are going to be for the Raiders. I'm going to say let's go with Derek Carr. I think he's going to have a decent game. Um, you know, we don't we have a lot of question marks about his weapons. But, you know, one thing that I think cleared up last year was that Derek Carr is he's a good quarterback. And I think a lot of people have been waiting for that since his 10 and 6 season and the year afterwards when he when he had his injury. Or, no, I'm sorry, the year of he had his injury. But, you know, we've been kind of waiting for him to step up and see if he's going to be, you know, the legit starter in, or in Las Vegas. Sorry, I keep on saying Oakland. But um, so I think he's going he's gonna to have a good day there. I think the Ravens are going to – they're going to find themselves kind of in a pickle – where, you know, they have so many running backs out now, and then they also have Bateman out, you know, Brown's coming back from an injury. They've just been really dinged up. I think the more opportunities that the Raiders get the ball, the the more they're going to soften up that defense. And so he's going to be on my belly up. My belly down is going to be Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, I like Josh Jacobs, but, you know, I like that Baltimore run defense better. So I think Patrick Queen – you know, he's going to get in there. He's going to start making – he makes great sideline to sideline, you know, coverage. And he's, I think he's just going to be a tackling machine out there. And I think they're going to, you know, they're going to turn to Kenyon Drake quicker than they thought. So that's my belly ups and belly ups and belly downs. Uh, Chris? Yeah, for me, if the Raiders belly up, I'm definitely looking for Darren Waller to have it one of the better games for the Oakland's offense. Oakland's. You got me saying it now. Vegas' offense, um, <laughs> I definitely – I definitely think that it's primarily going to be able to attack their safety's position for the Ravens. I think that's the only weakness they really have on their defense. I think the corners are outstanding. I think they're really going to struggle to be able to push the ball to the outside. My belly, my, you know, my belly, my belly flops um, on offense is definitely Josh Jacobs as well. I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a hard time finding running room. I think this offensive line still kind of had a lot of questions to be answered about as they kind of adjust. Um, and then, I also add those receivers. I think that you're going to see Braylon Edwards and, and Henry Ruggs really struggle versus this Ravens secondary. Secondary is one of the better defenses, has one of the better secondaries that there is in football. And I think neither one of these guys is going to have a great game. So I, thereby, I think all three of those guys are my belly flops for the Raiders offense. Yeah, uh, I would I would tend to agree with uh, pretty much everything you guys were saying. Um, the only, I, just because it's the name we missed, uh, I think Hunter Renfro could have a, a solid day, at least as far as PPR goes. Yeah. 
Um, he, he could be that, that check down guy, or at least, you know, um, the guy on the inside that's getting a lot of the passes that a Waller doesn't, uh, cause you're right. Rugs especially is just doesn't have a good matchup and, and, uh, Edwards as well, really just out on the outside. It's not uh, a good place to be against Baltimore. Um, moving on to the Ravens side of things. Um, I mean, I, I think you're going with the same guys you're normally going with on this offense, to be honest. I think Lamar has a really good matchup. Um, I think uh, Gus can do, I mean, at least what you expect him to. Um, uh, otherwise, Mark Andrews also has uh, a pretty solid one. I mean, as far as uh, linebackers go, KJ Wright's up there in age and um, – you know, it, just outside of Denzel Perryman, it's it's pretty much those two. Um, and like I said, Wright's another year older. It just doesn't worry me too, too much. Um, I also, I, I don't hate uh, someone like Devin Duvernay going deep uh, or Mar- Marquise Brown going deep. Um, in best ball, those guys could end up having big weeks. Now, it'd just be hard to predict which one or, you know, what's going to happen as far as that goes. It'll probably be Marquise Brown, I guess, but, um, that the Raider or yeah, the Raiders are a little bit, they're okay at corner, but their safety stink. So I could definitely see someone getting loose deep. Uh, uh, Justin. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. The Raider defense is not very good at all. Um, even, you know, KJ Wright, you know, like you said, he's a, he's another year older, but he's also had what, just about a week worth of practice. Like we got to get this guy going again. You know, he's, I think he's 33 going on 34 and, you know, he just is, he's in a new, he's in a newer system for him, but at the same time, you know, he's going to be asked upon to do a lot of work Mm -hmm. in that system. And, you know, he might not be ready for it right now. Um, for me, getting back to the Ravens aspect of this, um, I think obviously Lamar Jackson is going to have a good game. Gus, I think, is going to surprise us and have like a great game, uh, especially against that front seven. I mean, Jesus Christ, Max Crosby has still not learned how to actually stay in contain and cover <laughs> for for any run defense at all. But um, also, uh, Tylen Wallace. I want to see what Tylen Wallace can do. This guy was touted as one of the best uh, route-running receivers in the draft. I want to see what this guy can do. Stick him in the slot. If you're going to put Duvernay on the outside, which I think is a good idea because he's really fast, you know, stick him in the slot and let's see what he can do underneath. Uh, let's see. Who else? You know, I, I always want to go with Marquise Brown, but he kind of is uh, up and down. But, yeah, I mean, that's it for me other than – you know, the obvious ones like Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. I think Gus Edwards going to have a good game. And let's see what we got out of Tylen Wallace. Chris? Yeah, I, def- I definitely you know, echo your sentiments. I think that Lamar Jackson's in a great situation. I think Gus Edwards is in a great situation. I think Andrews is a great situation. You, know, you guys talked about the front seven for the Raiders. That was a questionable. You have two linebackers, two of the three linebackers who are going to be playing Perryman and Wright who just basically have about a month together and in, in basically practicing for this team. That's never a good thing against Lamar Jackson read option type of team. Um, this Ravens offense has been spending all offseason preparing, adding wrinkles to their offense to try to come up here for the season. 
I think this is going to be a great situation for their offense. I don't disagree. I think the receivers have a chance, whether it's Timmy Watkins, whether it's Marquise Brown. I think we look at this Raiders defense, it's got questions all, you know, all, all three levels. I think there's no reason that you can't necessarily take a flyer on a lot of these different guys. But the guys I think you're definitely going to eat are definitely New York Andrews, Edwards, and Lamar. Awesome, awesome. And that wraps up our uh, our preview here of the week one matchups. Um, and as well as, you know, we got early on the injury and transaction stuff in there. Um, Justin, this is exciting. What are you going to be working on every every week over at Belly Up uh, moving uh, forward, other than this show, of course? Oh, yeah. I mean, other than gracing you with my presence, I'm going to be uh, doing start sits for Belly Up. Um, my first start sit article will be out tomorrow. So you look forward to that. Uh, and that's going to be through all 18 weeks. And yeah, I mean, other than that, doing little side projects for uh, Belly Up too. Awesome, awesome. And Chris, what are you guys doing over on the Belly Up MDFF yeah. show? Yeah, MDFF show is going, going on, on four times a week moving forward. They're going to be doing their Thursday games where they preview the Thursday games and then prepare you for the first one o'clock games basically on Sunday. And then they're going to have a show on Friday where they kind of go in the second half of the Sunday games and preview or review, I should say, the Thursday night game. And then following Sunday evenings, where they're going to kind of cover the late games on Sunday and then be able to kind of preview that Monday game. So you're going to see a lot more MB show more often. And you also can catch them on Hinge Radio. Awesome, awesome. This has been the Belly Up Fantasy Live football show. I am Adam LaRue. This is Justin Herrera at Semtex Mex. 93 uh, down there, and then Chris, um, and we will see you next Tuesday. Take care. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.